Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra, bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on your schedule like podcasts. Here's the latest. President Biden is in Poland today. He met with U.S. troops of the 82nd Airborne, who also just arrived as part of NATO's plan to double its defenses on its eastern flank. Biden will also receive a briefing on the Ukrainian refugee crisis and plans to meet with some of those refugees tomorrow. Ukrainian President Zelensky, who's become extremely good at calling out world leaders over Zoom, did it again yesterday. Addressing an emergency session of NATO, Zelensky said, quote, never tell us again that our army does not meet NATO standards. The U.S. and the EU have announced a major deal over natural gas. It's all about loosening Europe's dependency on Russia. Under this new deal, the U.S. will provide about 10% of the gas it currently gets from Russia by the end of the year. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says it's a big step. So we want, as Europeans, to diversify away from Russia towards suppliers that we trust, that are friends, and that are reliable. Here's one thing Russia and Ukraine can agree on. Both sides say about 400,000 Ukrainians have been relocated to Russia. But exactly why is in dispute. Ukraine says those people, including as many as 80,000 children, are being forced to go and might be used as hostages in the conflict. Russia claims the people are Russian speakers who want to leave. The UN is looking into Ukraine's allegations. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has been released from the hospital. Thomas was taken to Sibley Memorial Hospital a week ago with a non-COVID infection and treated with antibiotics, according to a court spokeswoman. No further details are available. If you needed proof that Uber is not the same cutthroat startup it was under Travis Kalanick, the latest news is that it's partnering, yes, partnering with New York City taxi cabs. If you remember, the two groups have been battling for years over the same customers. But now cab drivers in New York City are about to access a massive pool of customers, while Uber gets a ton of new drivers to help handle things like food delivery, which has become a massively lucrative business for them. We're updating the news as it happens until 1 p.m. Eastern, so keep checking in. Coming up, we talk about Netflix and its push to take over the Oscars this Sunday. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. Amazon is the nation's second largest employer, and today, employees at two of its fulfillment centers are voting on whether to unionize. First, a warehouse on Staten Island. It made news back in the early months of the pandemic. Workers were demanding safer conditions, and one of the more vocal critics was fired. The second is a warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama, where union ballots are due today. The European Union is set to pass the most sweeping legislation looking to rein in big tech. The Digital Markets Act forces companies like Apple and Google to work together and offer each other services on competing platforms. For example, Apple would be forced to have an alternative to its app store on all iPhones. Move over, Peloton. Instacart is joining the ranks of services we desperately relied on during the pandemic but don't seem as essential two years later. The grocery delivery app is facing a severe decline in growth and has cut its valuation by 40%. That's business talk for they are losing a lot of money, but they probably still want to go public. 
The January 6th committee wants to pursue criminal contempt charges against two former Trump advisors, Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino. Both worked in the White House and have defied congressional subpoenas demanding information about their involvement in the insurrection. They claim executive privilege, which the Biden administration has denied. A former equities expert at Goldman Sachs who moonlighted as a DJ has been charged with laundering more than $2.3 million in Bitcoin from criminals around the world. Thomas Speaker allegedly worked with dark web drug dealers, among others, and charged clients up to 12% of the money being laundered. Prosecutors in Manhattan described Speaker as a virtual Bitcoin ATM, where, on top of his laundering, he also exchanged hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of crypto for cash. U.S. Representative Jeff Fortenberry from Nebraska has been found guilty of lying to the FBI about a campaign donation. The Republican congressman's defense argued that Fortenberry was distracted or had had a bad phone reception when authorities asked if he knew that a wealthy Lebanese-Nigerian businessman donated $30,000 to his campaign in 2016. A federal jury returned the verdict in less than three hours, and he now faces up to five years for each count. This Sunday is the biggest night in Hollywood, the Oscars. As usual, all eyes are on who will win Best Picture. Right now, Netflix's Power of the Dog, directed by Jane Campion and starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst, is one of the favorites to win. And insider's Natalie Jarvie says even though viewership for the Oscars is declining, it would still be a watershed moment for Netflix if it scores the top award. Yeah, the Oscars may not be what they were in kind of the broader public um, conscience, but in Hollywood, they are still the most important night of the year for film studios. And Netflix is still a relative newcomer in Hollywood. They've only been making original programming for just under a decade. And so Netflix wants to prove that it can play with the legacy film studios that have been making movies for, you know, a century. Uh, And winning that Oscar statuette really will symbolize to Netflix and to all of Hollywood that the company has really made it. It's probably worth explaining, Natalie, that films don't necessarily win Oscars solely on artistic merit, right? It's a huge PR push that involves very expensive ad campaigns that target very specific groups of people like Academy members. So what has Netflix been doing to get Academy members to vote for Power of the Dog? Yeah, I like to think of Oscars night as a bit like election night and the months leading up to the Oscars as a bit like uh, your campaign cycle. There are months of campaigning that go into winning an Oscar. Mm. Netflix does the same thing that all of the studios in Hollywood do. So the um, the advertisements, the billboards, the screenings, all of those are the things that you know every film studio will do. But what Netflix has done is they've gone a step further. So that means that um, Netflix is putting up billboards. Uh, in fact, Netflix bought a bunch of billboards along Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, which is kind of of the main drag through Hollywood. Many studio execs uh, drive down Sunset Boulevard on the way to their offices. Mm. So if you want to uh, capture the attention of uh, Oscar voters, that's the way to do it. They have launched a magazine that is directed squarely at Oscar voters and has beautiful photos and glowing stories about uh, Netflix movies. 
so that when time comes for them to sit down and fill out their ballots in the week leading up to the Oscars, that they want to select a Netflix film. So if Power of the Dog does take home Best Picture at the Oscars, what does that mean for the future of Hollywood and the movie making industry? A streamer has never taken home Best Picture. Mm. So if Netflix can win this top award, it will really signal that a shift is happening in Hollywood, that, uh, you know, movies aren't just those titles that you go see in a theater, that movies can also be a, a title that you sit down and turn on at home on a Friday night. And it will signal that, you know, the way that Hollywood makes movies and consume movies is shifting, mm. but it will also signal, you know, that Hollywood has finally recognized that Netflix is is kind of the the dominant studio. Natalie, thanks for chatting. Thank you so much. Natalie Jarvie is a correspondent and editor at Insider. That's it for now. Check back for the latest headlines anytime through 1 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to follow the refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom designed player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. The refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin and us, Rebecca Ibarra and Dave Smith. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.